This is the Groots here. Uh, I just had a couple quick points to make before we start the episode here. This episode was recorded in April, and due to the multiple things going on with the pandemic and life and everything, it's been delayed in its release. We haven't had the opportunity to really be on our regular schedule. So in the next few weeks, we should be able to kind of get back on track. Uh, There'll be some new episodes and content. And I also just want to quickly mention with all of the protests and riots going on and the pandemic, stay safe, support each other. And that's it. Enjoy the show. The views and opinions expressed on Beautiful Disasters are those of the panelists and not those of the Geeks Under the Influence Network, their sponsors, or anyone else involved. Also, there is going to be a lot of adult language used on this podcast, so please keep your little kitties away. Welcome back to Beautiful Disasters, Quarantine Edition. This format's a little bit different because uh, most of us are all holed up in our respective dwellings, and um, I don't have Hunter here to co-host the podcast with me. But Yankee Blue Jeans was kind enough to sit through a movie and then record a podcast. So that's what we're doing. There's going to be an episode similar to this coming from Hunter's home with Charlotte and uh, that's where we are. How are you? I almost considered allowing smoking in the house (laughs) after watching that movie because part of its aggressive 90s-ness was the smoking was ubiquitous. It was indoors, everybody giving each other cigarettes, lighting each other cigarettes and it made me yearn for a different time, a simpler time, the 90s. Yeah. Yeah, it's smoking inside, I've never really preferred it, but I did live in a house where smoking was inside, and uh, it was it was liberating in a sense, but also everything stank. Oh, yeah. No, I hate smoking inside, but it just really highlighted for me that that is, like, super not an option now. So, much like many of us who have never had social lives yearn, for a good brunch or visit to the bar. Yeah. Right now, I'll be wanting to smoke inside because I just <laughs> watched a movie that was the most aggressively 90s thing I have viewed in at least the past few years. Absolutely. And I'll preface it with the fact that I discovered this movie from a clip on YouTube which featured Quentin Tarantino. And we'll get into more about that later, but it was definitely something that just spoke to me. And... I wasn't really sure what I was going to get into. I watched the trailer, but this is definitely the most 90s thing I've seen in some good time. Yeah, for at least the first 20 minutes of it, like, it almost read like an SNL skit about something that is 90s. Like, it was... (laughs) It was that 90s that if you didn't know how old, like, Eric Stoltz and Parker Posey are and you couldn't place them in time, you would be like, I'm sorry, is this a parody? (laughs) Absolutely. No, I I can't agree with you more. This movie is called Sleep With Me from 1994, directed by a guy named Rory Kelly, who did another movie called Some Girl which I also never saw, but it 
seems to be akin. I think that was 98. It seems to be in the same vein. Inspired catchy titles, I must say. Indeed, right? This movie does have kind of like the who's who of indie actors at the time. You know, our main three, our love triangle, as you will, is Eric Stoltz, Meg Tilly, and Craig Sheffer. But some of your favorites show up as well, right? Yes, Parker Posey and Joey Larna Adams' characters are clearly meant to be annoying, but I found them so delightful. So delightful. Um, I guess I didn't used to like girls like that, but all of a sudden I'm pushing 40 and I listen to My Favorite Murder and now I find them to be very appealing. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) And the only other one of note that I... I mean, other than Quentin Tarantino's cameo, we had the guy, and I don't even remember his name. I didn't write it down. The guy who played the piano player in Eyes Wide Shut is in this as the friend who has been married the longest Mm. sort of situation. But anyway, I figured uh, we'll just kind of jump right into the basic plot, kind of go through things a little bit and see where we fall. So... The movie opens up with uh, a shot of Frank, played by Craig Sheffer, Joseph, played by Eric Stoltz, and Sarah, Meg Tilly, all driving in a car on some kind of a road trip together. And all three of them are obviously friends. We don't really know who's with who or who loves who, but... Yeah, she's like sitting in the middle and then she's like lovingly and playfully laying on one and then she's lovingly and playfully laying on the other and you're like, hmm, I see where this is going. Um, But then Eric Stoltz in a stunning display of originality done purchased her a vending machine ring and proposes and then she thinks he's joking and he's like, no, I'm not joking right now. Would you accept this until I can afford a real ring? Will you marry me? And I feel quite certain. And pipe up <laughs> if you're with me. I've seen that scene at least nine times. Oh, yeah. A ten cent ring. Yeah. Uh, and you just had this feeling that that marriage was going to be all awesome. stars. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was going to be beautiful. And, and yeah, no. Not, mm-hmm. at, not at all. In the, what, the very next scene, they're at their rehearsal dinner? Oh, I found this tiresome. Speaking of scenes that I've seen at least nine or ten times, <laughs> the freaking video where we go around and we meet all their friends as they wish the betrothed well in a tongue-in-cheek series of off-the-cuff interviews for the wedding video. Oh, yeah. I'll stop being shitty later, but come on, bro. Uh, so that was the first note that I took. Actually, um, I was sitting there kind of just watching this movie, and my first note says, at the wedding interview videos, so far, bland. Yeah, no, it's it's not really capturing, but you're getting little caricatures of all their friends and the people around them. It's a good device to go ahead and yeah. get some exposition and introduce the cast of zany characters. Right, right. And of course, uh, Eric Stoltz, or uh, sorry, I gotta use his name, Joseph. You don't gotta use his name. People I don't are, really. People don't know Joseph. It's just less syllables. Joseph gets his ass fucking hammered, like 
puke drunk at his rehearsal dinner, which is maybe a sign. Maybe. I mean, I don't know. I mean, he doesn't really present in the rest of the movie as an alcoholic, but obviously uh, he had some kind of nerves or something going on. Oh, what? That whole part where he tipped up a bottle of vodka and chugged a fourth of it? Yeah. Every time I've seen somebody do that, it, they're, they're signaling a larger problem. Indeed. I think even someone in that scene said something like, hey, uh, you're not in your 20s anymore or something, <laughs> something to that effect. If they're not in their 20s, they're all not in their 20s by like a month or two, though, I must right. say. Yeah, I think the only people in their 20s are Parker Posey and Joey Lauren Adams' characters. Oh, I have a quote about that later. We'll get to that later. Definitely. So, Joseph definitely, you know, he's he loves Sarah. He wants to marry her, but uh, Frank has some feelings. And I do believe that there is a walk on the beach sequence right before they get married, or is it right after? No, it's right before they get married. Yeah, right. When she's like, oh, you remember the first time that Eric Stoltz and I broke up? And he's like, which time? And she's like, the first, first time. (laughs) And he's like, which first time? And she's like, you know, the first, first time. And then um, she's like, I almost went after you then. And then they play out like how this all would have worked and how... He and Eric Stoltz would have gotten in a little fight, but they would have been friends. And, you know, he's like, well, what about you and me? And and she's like, oh, we would have been fine. And then she grabs him and she lays one on him. A big old smackaroo. Big old smackaroo. And I'm just just trying to be accurate here, but Meg Tilly is Jennifer Tilly's sister, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I I just didn't want to get that. Not much family resemblance there, but... I, I couldn't help but think in the back of my brain the whole th- movie through if she had had Jennifer Tilly's voice, how much funnier everything would have been. But I'm sorry. I don't know if you're... Ha- has it ever occurred that Jennifer Tilly and Joey Lauren Adams have been in the same film? Because I think that might negate humanity. I, th- I don't know if that could be allowed to stand. to have two baby baby voices. <laughs> Uh, somebody needs to remake Bratz. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, my God. Maybe somebody tried to put them both in a movie together, and that's what caused this plague to descend on humanity. That could be true. <laughs> <laughs> Jennifer Tilly ran out of uh, Chucky movies to be in, I guess. So, yes, there's the kiss before the wedding. The wedding isn't even on screen. There's just, like, some weeks after the wedding. Yeah, yeah, it's like... Big ol' smackaroo, and then, oh, by the way, between the scenes, we transition with, like, little statements from the writers. Yes. Almost like cards. Yes, it's a little interstitial, like, and this is what's happening. And I think the next scene is their it's, first poker game, It's the right? poker night, yes, yeah, it is. But, yeah, so this is a recurring thing that brings all the boys together. And this is when... Frank and Joseph are still friendly. And it's, Oh my god, spoiler. I know, right? And they're and all their buddies are there. There's a there's the awkward one, there's like the the English one. Um let me stop you and read my second note. Oh yes. British dude has Gaston hair. Oh, there you go. Yes, he does. <laughs> He's very fancy. He's witty too. But I guess Brits do that well, don't they? Oh, my God. Let's not make broad generalizations. Well, they can, you know. 
at least in the movies. And then we have uh, the elder married one, who's not really elder elder, but he's been married the longest. And then we have the head of the poker crew, who is really just wants to play poker. He really just wants to play poker. Honestly, it's not until the very end of the movie that we learn much else about this guy. Yes, that is true. We will definitely get to that. So, Frank and Joseph have an altercation at the poker table. Where it was alluded to earlier that Frank was a better poker player. And Joseph was always a little bit mad about that, maybe. Or jealous. But at the poker table, Frank just lays it out. It's like, I don't think you have what you have. In fact, I'm laying down my cards and I'm going to bet it all. It's like, you can't do that. And they, they have a little spat. And uh, Eric Stoltz has mad sand in his vagina. He does. Sheffer's being a bitch. It's, uh, it's not a good scene. You know, I've, I've been to poker games before, but you can't let it get personal. You yeah. know what I mean? In any case, they apparently have a falling out that, that takes a few weeks to uh, remedy or whatever. Such such that the titles told us. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> we transition to the next scene with another, like, pithy couple of sentences by the writers to orient us to the, to the scene. And then um, another bunch of clips of VHS video footage of... Sheffer, who is he? Man, isn't he kind of a bit of a douche, though? He's kind of like the brooding creeper. Yeah. Right. But he's like he's real into himself. But like in that self-loathing, like however I was in this medieval literature class type way, like he. Right. He's really that. No, don't put the camera on me. I'm documenting my life right now. So what era of Jody would have been attracted to that? I I was about 17. Thank you for asking. Okay, yeah. Um, Yes, they're at a a pool party, right? Hosted by the Brits, maybe? Was it the Brits? I I don't know. I got distracted because Parker Posey and Joey Lauren Adams showed up for the first time. And I was like, thank you, folks. It's my 90s now. There you go. They were in bikinis. And at first, they legitimately were like, hey, you're kind of a creeper with that VHS camera. What the fuck? And then they turned it on him so he could talk a little bit about himself, right? Yeah, although... I was concerned for Parker Posey because this is the era when she was legitimately like 64 and a half pounds and that camera was like five pounds shy of her. I'm surprised (laughs) it did not crush her. Well, I mean, movie magic. I I suppose. Uh, Suspend your disbelief. They turned it around and the cameraman was in her seat. Yes, they gave it to a burly man. But (laughs) yeah, um, Parker Posey and Joey Lauren Adams, I think, have great comedic chemistry in this from the beginning. So my third note just says, Parker Posey was the first thing to make me smile in this. So this is when I start to warm up a bit. Right. You had had enough of the exposition and kind of like the dry establishment of all the characters. Now we're, we're getting a little dialogue nuance and stuff like that like what we do we start to get some like back and forth and some really right. like verbose sentences and like some really kind of rat-a-tat staccato stuff like all yep. that all that jody stuff and i also noted and it didn't really occur to me until i was watching this but you don't see that anymore 
people, not the dialogue, but the walking around with a camera at a party. You used to see that all the time. Now people take selfies. That's true. But you don't get that, like, long form. Same with, like, vacations. You don't get dad, like, shooting six hours of video on the beach. You get 30-second videos. That's true. Everything is much more short attention span. Yeah. Yeah. No, I feel you. That's, that's a good observation, actually. So we also, later in this uh, scene, we get the first real proof that Frank has this deep love for Sarah. Because he's filming her kind of against her will. She's like, I'm not really into this. And he's pushing. And she eventually takes the camera, turns it on him. Again. Again. And he admits the first time he ever saw her in college, right? Yeah, yeah. He remembers the first time he ever saw her and it was before he knew her. And it was before he knew Eric Stoltz. Um, And... Like, he sees her across the quad or whatever, and he's, like, watching her in quiet reverie. And then Eric Stoltz, who he also doesn't know, walks up. Um, what, like, Clark Gable and singing in the rain is what he said? Jumping in puddles or something. Yeah, it was raining. She was wearing a gray raincoat. Um, yeah. But anyway, so, surprise. He's harboring some feels. He he does. He has this, he has this deep sort of... Love. Deep love for Sarah. Sarah. <laughs> it's actually, it, it, it's really kind of goofy. Craig Sheffer's not much of an actor. I mean, I've enjoyed him in things before. He was awesome in Voyage of the Rock Aliens. And really, that did require some deep acting chops. So I'm surprised he wasn't pulling out that, like, you know, he just didn't go as method on this movie, I feel like. No, no, he, he didn't have... A pack that was following him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, yeah. So, the admission comes out that he was taken with her. So, oh my god. what? This is when we cut to the next party. Right. So, we have another pithy transitional message from the writers to orient us to the new yes. scene. So, now we have a dinner party, right? Mm-hmm. But it's at Frank's place, right? Doesn't he have, uh, like, a hot model date that he used to date? Oh, yeah. Isn't this... That's that's where we go next, right? I, I think it's at his house. Yeah. Honestly, I was more interested in what was happening in the scene. I, 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 I think it was at his house. He's got the hot model date that he used to date. Oh yeah, because his friends come in and he's like making salad and shit. Yeah, okay, yeah. guys, yeah, we're he's got in his house. he's got the 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 more established married couple that bicker like married couples do, and then Joseph and Sarah are there, and in the midst of them all drinking, it gets real. Yeah, so um, Eric Stoltz. I'm just gonna keep using the actors' names that's and just fine. challenge people to keep up with with that. Yeah, no, no, that's fine. So, (laughs) Eric Stoltz posts up on the couch next to um, Sheffer's date. Vanessa Angel. Yeah. Yeah. She in a short, tight dress. And he's like, so she's doing the body language thing where she has her legs crossed way toward him. And his body is like opened up towards her. And so they're all talking. And he, 
he tells this douchey story about <laughs> remembering <laughs> being born and how his whole body was like a penis because his nerves were so sensitive. And so, of course, he remembers his head being squished into the shape of a banana as he's being, like, moved forward by muscles on all sides of him. Birthed. Yeah, he <laughs> he uses something like propelled or... I, I don't know. Anyway, Frank's arm candy is, like, super into this. And so Eric Stoltz is, like, patting her on the knee while he's telling the story. And she mentions, like, oh, well, one of my boyfriends, blah, blah, blah. And then Jennifer Tilly's like, oh, one of your boyfriends? Bitch. How many boyfriends you got? Bitch. Which sister is it again? Meg Tilly. A Tilly. A Tilly. A Tilly. The, t- <laughs> the Tilly uh, f- uh, for the purposes of this conversation. For the rest of the episode, we have to just call her the Tilly. <laughs> I-, I shall call her the Tilly. <laughs> but no, she gets mean like real quick. And oh, she's yeah. She's like, oh, well, how many boyfriends do you have? And the girl's like, I have a few. And then the Tilly is like, what, like the whole New York Rangers or some sports team? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) And then she turns to Sheffer and starts like super ass flirting with him. And everybody else in the room is like, bitch, what is happening right now? And so they're, they're going back and forth. And then Eric Stoltz and... The the hoey one are going back and forth, and it's escalating quickly. And next thing you know, Sheffer like gets down on his knees and just lays a big old kiss on the Tilly well, in front of everybody. Absolutely, but he says right before he does it, "I've I love you. I've always loved you." And he just lands that kiss, and it's like, "Whoa, baby!" And so. My note for this scene, as we got on into the scene and things are escalating and folks are going back and forth, I was like, this scene has more voice than any of the previous ones because we shift hardcore into like very uncomfortable, very quickly escalating, awkward. And I felt it was a real tonal shift. It was. And this is the first real confrontation of the movie. It's where everything's laid out on the table, like you said, and you're seeing what's what's setting up for the rest of the movie. And I feel like I need to briefly pause in this string uh, just to say that this podcast has not really covered a romantic sort of... Dramedy? Dramedy situation before. It's not a comedy. It's not. No, I mean, we, we've done dumb shit on... Every other every other angle I, I can think of, but this isn't a genre movie. But this is, I think, so perfect for beautiful disasters because it's just it's it's a ridiculous like sort of uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's like a caricature of of, of '90s alt drama cinema. What, what yeah, I mean, about? down to the guitar transitions between like scenes right they they sound like a modern day parody of that 90s guitar sound right it's too much it's so indie it like i i don't know how to describe it but it's not good indie it's not good indie well it's it's not unwatchable indie no it's mediocre indie 
It is. It is indie I don't have a great deal of respect for, but found some moments that I was like, okay, I'll let you pass. Yeah. Anyway, I'm sorry for the aside. So we get back into it. Uh, So the kiss happens. There's a confrontation. Frank and Joe, Craig and Eric, they get into it, obviously. They're like, what the fuck? You know, there's, there's basically a fight about to happen. And it just gets kind of broken up and everyone's mad and goes home. And then one of the guys, uh, one of the married guys, gives uh, Frank a cigarette. Yes. So I think that's a good end to that scene. Before the kiss, by the way, the Tilly asked Frank for a cigarette. Everybody's giving each other cigarettes. Did I mention? It's a, it's a beautiful, different time. I know. Yeah. So is the next scene when we transition to uh, British Gaston and his wife's house? I f- think so, yes. With her mom, his mother-in-law, who is the, like, really stodgy British author. Right. And, like, all the friends are gathered, and it's kind of, you know, they're a little bit dressed up, and there's, like, finger foods and champagne, because it's fancy. Right. And, um... And it's his wife's mother. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, because, I said it's her mother, his yeah. mother-in-law. Yeah, yeah. So, she is all about her mom. He is like not. At oh, all. he is openly hostile toward her and the open hostility escalates after he takes the boys in the bathroom and smokes a couple of uh reportedly powerful dubs which I know typically brings out the confrontational in all of us. Well, that good good 90s weed, right? I suppose <laughs> they were smoking some rage weed, man. Well, I'll have to say, like, I, I would say the the initial sort of uh, confrontation, I don't want to say confrontation, the interaction between him and his mother-in-law was that kind of polite style of negging that, that you might be more familiar with, uh, you know, coming from Southern society, where you're not necessarily talking down but you're able to also put a little dig in there right yes there was a thin veil of politeness but then he gets high and he's just like oh yeah that was lost <laughs> i do i don't feel that's typically how things escalate when when one gets high but that's how this escalates and oh by the way when he's in the bathroom with the boys like, um, Sheffer, Frank, is not there, and everybody's talking to Stoltz, like, yo, heard about Frank and your wife. Yeah, what? <laughs> yeah, so they're all, like, gossiping about that while the girls are outside, like, oh, British ladies, mom, tell us more about your book. That's right, and that's when he shows up with his date of the evening. Yes, the Frank, the Sheffer. Yeah, the Sheffer. Yeah, he brings his date after the weed break. And then things go way haywire off the rails. Son-in-law versus mom. Sheffer versus Stoltz. It's going back and forth all over the place, right? Oh, yeah. And um, the Sheffer's date du jour is like... What the hell is happening? Also, (laughs) Parker Posey and Joey Lauren Adams are there, and her 
um, Parker Posey's boyfriend is kind of the same. Like everybody else is just like, oh, this is how we do with our dysfunction. And those two outsiders are like, I'm sorry, is anybody seeing this? Like everyone <laughs> here is openly sparring and they're all drunk and high, like clearly impaired. I'm sorry, what is happening? The mother freaks out. She's ready to leave. Like, I'm not staying another minute. I'm going to time you. <laughs> yes, yes. British Gaston's like, really? I'm going to time you. 59, 58. <laughs> big blow up. And Stoltz has a big fight with, with the Tilly in the kitchen. Yeah, but why does Stoltz have a big fight with the Tilly? Because the chef is there. Exactly. Yeah. And Parker Posey's in the back of the room just like, uh-oh. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. Now, let me just call out, this is a perfect Parker Posey performance. Because mm -hmm. she's like leaning on the counter and the Stoltz and the Tilly come in and they are openly fighting. And um, the Tilly turns to her and she's like, I'm sorry, can you go somewhere? Can you give us a minute? And Parker Posey's like, I was here first. And just continues to like super animatedly eat finger food and stare at them <laughs> and make faces like along with the progression of their fight and it's yep. it, mm, chef's kiss oh yeah yeah it's perfect and he storms out mm -hmm. he, big fight Stol oh, yeah. the stolt storms out he ends up getting parker posey to go with him in his car out like they leave together right so then the tilly sees this out the like picture window and she's like i am sorry what is happening right now and so she grabs uh the sheffer yeah and his date baddie but like i'm kind of on her team date god oh. love her heart oh she was a she was just an innocent bystander She's, you know, a little bit like L.A. aloof and weird, but get this. So they all three get in the car and the chef's on one side and the Tilly's on the other side. And this poor, unassuming date, all three in the front seat of a fucking convertible. She's in the middle of them and they're like fighting over her while they're driving through like the Hollywood Hills on like curvy roads. That's hard. It, it I, My next note. Poor girl in the middle of the car. Yeah. No, she had a hard time. She did. God she love. Did. She had herself a hard time. So, we end up with Stoltz and Parker Posey back at her place. Mm-hmm. Kind of making out, getting they, it on. They are. She's wearing these wonderfully flowy large pants and a little teeny... Um, halter top, like not halter top, but like a a tiny midriff bearing black shirt. Yes. Which didn't stay on. No, no, she whipped that right off. All right. Yeah. I mean, you know, things happen. Yeah. And after, after the chef uh, drops off his poor date poor frazzled at date. her play at, at, at her street not even at her house she's, no she's just walking down a hill yeah she gets out and she like <laughs> walking up the road behind the chef and the tilly and they just start making out like hardcore as she's just walking off in the distance and i'm like mm, yeah she's right. not out of frame no she, she, they're just doing it yep and next scene they're 
making well, sweet love. See, we're cutting back and forth. Right. Between the Stoltz and the Posey and the Chef and the Tilly. Yes, um, indeed. So, yeah, no. They go back to the Chef's place and, um, you know... Much like Chef from South Park sang the song, I'm going to make love to you, woman. Yeah. I'm telling you. <laughs> Things happen. Holy shit. So you see them, like, doing that movie, like, sensuous, capital M making, capital L love, like, hearts collide, music plays moment, and then they cut back. To, and I'm sorry I'm dominating the, the no, plot no, here. No, 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 no. This is great. But they cut back to uh, Parker Posey and Eric Stoltz. And he's like, oh, yeah, I can't do this. She's my wife. You know, don't you care about this? And she looks at him dead-eyed. And I took this quote down. She goes, I'm 24 and none of you mean anything to me. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good line. And he leaves, and she smokes a cigarette. Yeah. And it's like, all right. With not a twinge of regret in her eyes. She smokes a cigarette with, I'm 24, and none of you mean anything to me, face. And she Boom. doesn't even put her boobs away first. No. No. She's living her best life. Clearly. Yeah. The 20s. Oh, though, I have to rewind and say, speaking of living her best life, we missed a scene where she and Joey Lauren Adams just play multiple songs that like comes the, after their little girl duo is that after this that's right after this i think no no because like wasn't it that mm -hmm. there was like mad like all the mad tension then there was another poker scene was that before this it was before this oh was it yeah that was the best poker scene it was the best poker scene you know where it was you know where we skipped it it was between the first altercation and th the drama brunch at Mom-in-Law's house. You're damn right. It was what came between those two because that's how we get to know Joey Lauren Adams and Parker Posey and then they're at that event. Right. And, anyway. And Poker Dude is so angry through that whole scene because they're playing songs and they're they're goofing off, and they're, he just he just wants to play poker, man. They're yeah, he's like, okay, guys, I just want to play poker, and like one of the girls will look at her hands and be like, "Do you have any eights?" And the other one's like, "Go fish." <laughs> Do you want to hear another song? And that's when I turned to Anthony, and I was like, "I know I'm supposed to hate them, but I love them so much right <laughs> now." It was great, and all the dudes are like, "Are we supposed to be mad at Frank? Are we supposed to be what, what, what's happening?" Like. Good on remembering you for that. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, uh, so anyway, we've been out of order. So Sweet Love has been made. Parker Posey has been left just tits out smoking. 24, right. cares about nothing. Now that Sweet Love, I do want to say very briefly that the only thing that came to my mind during that sweet Frank Tilly love was the fact that the song from Voyage of the Rock Aliens, Nature of the Beast was just playing in my head oh jesus god that was that was craig sheffer's solo song mm -hmm. where he was all buff and playing on the rocks and there were pumas and shit around yes yes yeah. he was personifying big cat yeah <laughs> yes so okay fast forward with some interstitial text to some weeks later months later 
And it's six days later. Was it only six days? It says it in between. Oh, the, Jesus. Because would, in between these scenes, it says something about like blotty blah. And then it said, and for six days, she didn't feel the need to tell Eric Stoltz. Oh, right, 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 right. Yep. That's right. Yeah, it was only six days. Because that did come up. So there's a big party at the married couple's place, the ones that have been married the longest. He got some kind of a movie deal. He sold, he sold a, a spec so, script. Sold a script. And he's having a big old shindig at his house. Frank is not invited, by the way. Let's just put that out there. Big old thing going at his house. You got, like, what seems to be indie directors and producers and stuff there. And we get our Quentin Tarantino cameo. But wait, so just to set the scene also, we've got a couple of like Hollywood girls around like flirting with people, right? Yeah. A couple industry types. And then, um, you know, all our old friends are there, including the guy who just wants to play poker. But because, I guess because he's out of the house, he has these leather gloves on. Anyway, you were saying? Yeah, 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 yeah. He had some, some cool ass like fingers gloves. But he was also, like, talking down on people. They're like, who the fuck are you? As people are walking by, and he's just sitting. I don't know why he's just sitting at a party. Uh, you know, there's no explaining it. But, no. but Quentin Tarantino was there? Quentin Tarantino was there and hitting on the wife of the guy who got the movie deal. Or trying to kind of, like, you know, a little bit. He's, he's being a social butterfly and talking a million miles an hour the way he does. I was about to say, that's a stretch for him. And I swear to God, if the monologue or the, the conversation that he has wasn't written by him, can't find any evidence that it was, it was definitely written for him. I See, it, it feels to me like they gave him a concept and told him go. Yes. I bet there were probably four takes of that where he just riffs it. That's what it feels like to I me. I feel, you know what? I feel that you are absolutely correct. Because it felt so close in a more improvisational way to the sequence from the beginning of Reservoir Dogs. But that's exactly what I was thinking, the Madonna speech. The Madonna speech. Yep. Where he talks about Top Gun being more about unrequited gay love. The scene is out there on YouTube. Check it out. Quentin Tarantino, Top Gun. You watch it, enjoy. That's all I can say. It was perfect. Second chef's kiss of the podcast. Absolutely. That that was the sequence that I found on YouTube that was like, hey, maybe I should check this movie out. And it really is. He's only in the movie for about a minute and a half, maybe total, while he's in a couple scenes like delivering this thing. But I was like, all right, well... He Tarantino's as hard as I've ever seen him Tarantino. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So in the midst of this big party, drunk Frank, drunk chef, shows up at the house. (laughs) The wife who lives there is like, no, you can't come in. Go home. You're drunk. Yeah, because the Tilly and the Stoltz are inside. Like, dude, we've been over this. You weren't invited. There was a reason you weren't invited. Exactly. We all know that something happened, although I don't think we all know what did happen, though. It's a little crazy. Yeah. So he ends up getting real stalkery. 
and starts like creeping around the house, looking in windows, trying to find the Tilly, and kind of kind of follows her around the house through the house. And two or three times walks past this poor innocent creature sitting on the porch smoking a cigarette who was like, I'm sorry, what's happening right now? The fuck? He has no shame. He's like dropping and rolling and like army crawling to get to the next (laughs) window. And then he jumps a fence and she's just like, okay. (laughs) Yeah. He ends up like knocking on a window. She's waiting for the bathroom. And it's like, hey, it's me. We need to talk. Like he he he's feeling real about this love. It's been six whole days since they made sweet sweet love, mm-hmm. and uh, he he needs to know how soon is she gonna leave her husband. For yeah, him. how long? Do, I think the line is, well, how long does it take you to pack your bags? <laughs> oh man! So then he climbs in the window, and there are like a couple of other people who are doing the comings and goings of the bathroom at a party. Yes. Ha ha ha, there's a couple of like funny moments with that. Not really enough for me to remember them, whatever. Then he climbs in the window. Uh, after he and the Tilly have a window conversation, he climbs in the window and he and the Tilly have a bathroom conversation. Um, and it's all emotional and shit. And I, I stopped caring really uh, pretty much at this point, so I'm going to punt it back to you. Well, he was getting pretty forceful with his devoted love. Where he was like, what does it mean? He was pinning her up against the wall and shit. And she's like, whoa, fucking chill your shit, dude. And uh, so he's in the bathroom. She's in the bathroom. The Stoltz is like knocking on the bathroom door. Hey, you okay? And she's like, oh, fuck. And he gets the message. He leaves. She's talking to the wife and like they kick Frank's ass out the door. He heads back to his car. Boom. The Stoltz is sitting in his passenger seat. Surprises his ass when he gets in there. It's like, all right. See, and... Real talk. I mean, I feel like this was at a point in the 90s before we learned that, like, for safety, before you get in your car, you got to just glance and see if there's a Stoltz in there. Yeah. Or lock your car. Uh, let's not get crazy. <laughs> let's not get crazy. You just got to s- scan for a Stoltz. So. Right. Well, this is the era of Stoltz where you might have got some really good heroin off him. Fair. So, yeah. But they're both in the car. And, and Stoltz is oddly calm. I was honestly expecting him to fucking, like, bring out a knife and just fucking murder I was... the fuck out of the chef. I thought I thought gun. But yeah, they're having like they're reminiscing about college and you know, he's like, Hey man, remember when you had that one motorcycle with the fuzzy seats? Blah blah blah. That was crazy, man, right? And then they both both pull out their flasks and like have a drink. But then the Stoltz is like When were you planning on telling me you fucked my wife? Yeah. That's when you know it's real. And I, I was like, I was waiting. I was like, there's going to be a knife. There's going to be a knife, and it's going to go right into that dude's throat. But see, the Stoltz tricks the chef, because ain't nobody told the Stoltz. No, but he's wise. He understands. The chef falls into the trap. Oh, yeah. 
The chef also has a stupid-ass goatee right now. Oh, it's uh, his glasses are awful, too. It's very 90s, yeah. No, but the Stoltz is like, um, blah, 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 you fucked my wife. And for real, the chef looks at him and he's like, I didn't fuck her. We made love. And then I vomed a little bit because... The way you said that, your your mouth looked like Garth from Wayne's (laughs) World. (laughs) Made love. (laughs) That was awesome. (laughs) But yeah, no, it's... It's a very tense scene, and it ends with the Stoltz basically just being like, all right, well, let's fucking figure this shit out right now. And he gets out the car, and he he goes back to the house. He's It's basically a scenario of like, who the fuck do you want, lady? And So everybody from the party comes out on the porch, and they're all, again, second party where... Most of the people are like, okay, yeah, this is how we do. And then a couple of people are like, I'm sorry, what? And there's a big old thing. Stoltz makes a big scene. Uh, The Tilly is is fucking like, you don't get to do this to me. You know, like, I mean, she was legitimately angry. I mean, obviously, she's been put on the spot in the middle of everybody. And she calls that out. She's like, oh, this is the part where my husband confronts me dramatically in front of a whole party of people. Like, is this what you wanted, honey? So I fucked him. You know, it's, And this it's a, marriage is over. It's a big bad scene. And it's, it's awkward. And it's fucking... And she grabs her keys and fucking, like, tears out with the car. But she stops at the light. And the Stoltz goes running after her. Hang on, though. Hang on, though. How did he notice that she had stopped at the light and decide to go after her? I think the chef. The chef. So the Stoltz has his back to the departing car. And he and the chef are... um, exchanging a couple of words and then the chef just is like yeah she stopped at the end of the block man and he does a classic movie run up the block and scream her name number which was also kind of gross i mean he did love her as mismatched as they might have been so he's like the tilly please don't leave me not for that guy and the fucking movie ends. No, no. The movie doesn't end. Not yet. We see the people pour out into the street. And we get the big fucking reveal of the movie. Poker dude. Yeah, so they pan over to all the group of friends. And Anthony and I didn't register this for like multiple seconds. And then we looked at each other and we were like, I'm sorry. Has Poker Guy been in a wheelchair this whole time? You guys, it was like that episode of Lost when you find out that Locke was in a wheelchair (laughs) on the plane. Don't tell him what he can't do. Don't tell me what I can't do. It was was the most Shyamalanian (laughs) twist. And then movie ends. And yeah, it ended right then. I was like, fuck. What just happened? He was in a wheelchair the whole time? You never know. No wonder he just wanted to be at the table playing poker. Because, like, I mean, that's why people came over. 
I mean, it, you know, it's a great message. Like, they didn't focus on him being in a wheelchair, which is awesome because you could, shouldn't focus on that. But it was just, like, so surprising. It was such an interesting choice that, like, right there in the last three seconds of the movie, it was like, oh, yeah, and this fact. When we had had all of these scenes of excruciating wooden character development for the whole first like 20 minutes of the movie that just made me want to claw my face off and in the last three seconds they were like wheelchair bye and i was like okay i mean obviously those are like upon a second viewing you might be able to notice those little like hidden nuggets you know like oh sitting at that poker table you might be able to see the handles of the wheelchair. Yeah. It's like, oh, Jesus. Yeah, like the modern brooms in the beginning of the village. Right, exactly. Yeah, spoiler alert. God damn, man. Yeah, so <laughs> that was Sleep With Me, 1994. I can say that I had fun watching this in its very 90s sort of nostalgia inducing fervor it was uh it was kind of dumb but it was fun at times right i mean we got some good little performances little little character situations hundred percent my two favorite scenes parker posey and joey lauren adams with their little impromptu comedy songs at the poker table yes and Tarantino tarantining like all over the kitchen at that party. Oh, the I I, I won't I can't even go into it more. But you have to watch the YouTube clip of Quentin Tarantino in Sleep with Me going on about Top Gun. It's hilarious. It's maybe not as PC as this day and age, but it is fucking hilarious. It's of its era, shall it, we say? It is. If you like the opening monologue to Reservoir Dogs, you're going to enjoy it. That's all I'm saying. So, I we're going to shift gears a little bit here now that we've actually kind of gone through the movie. I want to kind of ask a question and see if you were going to watch this movie with another movie as a double feature. Is there anything you can think of? That would be perfect. Uh, I forgot you asked me this question the last time <laughs> I was on the podcast or I would have been trying to prepare for this. Um, I mean, all right. Yeah. Mid-90s movie. Yeah. Romance, confusion, heartbreak. Yes. Joey Lauren Adams. I think the clear winner is chasing Amy. Oh, man. See, if you hadn't have said that, I would have pulled that card and been like, boom, I got you. I'm too good. No, no, that's that's actually a perfect pairing. You would have to probably watch this movie second because after blowing your wad with that, everybody would be getting drunk and this would be on. Or... Or. 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 No, that's perfect. Okay. All right. No, I feel you. Um, So, I I, I was thinking about this, and we we had, obviously, some quintessential 90s indie 
rom individuals. Rom com dramedy, blah blah blahs. We had reality bites and singles, right? Those are the two big ones that you know had all the big soundtracks and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, for my double feature, as kind of silly as this movie was and kind of ham-fisted, I would kind of go the other direction where you have a romance in the midst of crime and violence and it also stars Eric Stoltz. I gotta go with Killing Zoe, which is such a fun movie. I think Lawrence Bender did it. You know, who worked with Tarantino before, etc. And Again, I would probably have to screen that first, you know, in order to get people to actually watch one of them. Because <laughs> this is not a first movie of a double feature. No, you lose everybody into the you, front yard. You're going to lose everybody, yeah. Anthony has learned how to do this over yeah. years of having these things at our house. Like, if you... We would have double and triple features on like a Saturday or a Sunday. And if you make one wrong move with the first movie, you've lost everybody the whole day. Everyone's all outside smoking cigarettes and, you know. Like it's the 90s and the outside is the inside. Exactly. But if you get that first movie right, people are in. Our Bollywood night was, was, a, was a good one. We had probably 30 people standing room only in our living room screaming at the at the TV screen with the first movie choice at the Bollywood night. It was a thing of beauty. I've never seen anything like it. With subtitles, no less. Yes. I mean, this was not an English movie. How often does that happen? But anyway, we're going to wrap this thing up. Uh, I want to thank you for taking the time to do this. It was very nice of you to uh, to be a part of this quarantine episode. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> She's like, damn you. <laughs> I just I've only had Animal Crossing for like two and a half days, man. Like I don't I even I don't even have a bridge across the stream yet. I've got the my museum is not even open. It is still under construction. Okay. Right, I'm going to get you back to Animal Crossing in no time. Okay. We're going to wrap this damn thing up. So, yes, in the midst of this uh, pandemic bullshit, uh, this is our quarantine episode. But I want to thank everyone who has been listening to Beautiful Disasters. Uh, check out all the podcasts on GYPodcast.com. Check out our back catalog and definitely contact us. Uh, we are on uh, Beautiful Disasters Podcast at gmail.com. We have a Facebook page. Check us out. Let us know what you would like to hear, what movies you would like us to cover, and let Hunter and I know what you think. Give us uh, feedback, rate and review us, etc. In any case, this has been The Groots in Yankee Blue Jeans. And thank you so much for listening. GUIPodcast.com. <laughs>